Welcome to the podcast, Moving Through Fear, where we explore the role fear has in leading us toward what's most important. I'm Craig Strong, photographer, inventor, and co-founder of Lens Baby Inc. Along the way, I've met a lot of amazing people who've learned a great deal about how to live life well. In these one-on-one conversations, we explore the role fear and negative emotions have played in, of all things, making life better. Uta Rekhorn is tenacious. I feel privileged to have heard the story behind so many photos that I've seen over the years. And not, not the specific story behind each of them, but the theme of pushing through fear and being motivated by fear to overcome it and to not be paralyzed by it. And sometimes being paralyzed by it. Uta pushes through a lot of things for a lot longer than most people, and I think you're going to find some inspiration here of how you can take the failures that you have and the things that you look at that you think are just not working, and maybe there's some more tenacity that you can bring to it that's inspired by this conversation that I have with Uta. I hope there is. I know there will be for me. Hi, I'm Craig Strong with Lens Baby, here to talk with Uta Rekhorn. Uta is a photographer living in Los Angeles, California, who makes images full of spontaneity and life. Uh, she's here to explore the idea of moving through fear with me. Lens Baby's mission statement is we empower artists to move through fear to discover extraordinary creative freedom. Uta, good morning. Good morning, Craig, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. So I want to start out with a big question, which is uh, why does this question or this statement resonate with you of moving through fear? Well, um, I think it would resonate with almost any artist because it is the major motor for for most of us, I would assume, at least when I have um, conversations with other artists, that's a subject that comes up quickly. Um, So the way I look at fear is it has been my constant companion over the years. um, And at times it has has been paralyzing and at other times it has been um, like a motor because the moment it kicks in, I'm... I'm, I would say I'm a defiant person. So when I'm aware of what is going on, um, I will start fighting that feeling. So if I'm not aware, it can paralyze me. And um, because it has these two powers in my life, I think it's um, a super interesting subject to talk about. Um, it can be inspiring for others to hear that they are not alone because I feel artists who do not have a big social network often feel like that is a unique experience. And that's just not true. It's a um, very, um, I think it's a human white thing. We all know about it. Um, And like I said, it can hinder you and it can motivate you. And um, yeah, I feel like most of my journey has been inspired by by fear, either by overcoming fear or by um, being paralyzed by it and then having this discussion in my head with myself. I'm like, oh, man, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I pick up my camera? Why didn't I go out? Um, So, yeah, this this is why I find it is a very interesting discussion. 
So I want to start with the paralyzing. Um, can you can you tell me share an example of a time when you were paralyzed and and it it didn't uh, motivate you towards something great? Yeah, I think to be really honest, it paralyzes me almost every day. So I have this tradition of going outside every day to try to pick up my camera and use it every day. Hmm. Um, and even though I've been doing that for years, when I'm really honest, I have this conversation with myself the moment I, let's say it's three o'clock in the afternoon and I know golden hour starts and I should be going out by now. And then I'm like, oh, maybe the sun is not out today. Um, maybe I won't see anything interesting today. Um, maybe I will be tired. You know, this inner dialogue starts immediately. And then to overcome that and to say, well, I know this is happening. I know this is part of the routine. This, this, is, this is what has to happen. Um, on some days, I um, can do that. And it's like, okay, shut up. Let's go now. And on other days, it's like, yeah, it's really bright outside. I should probably stay at home. And um, so that's the paralyzing part. Huh. Wow, that's, that's super honest. I appreciate that, that and vulnerability. Even, and then when I look over the course of a year, I feel like my work comes in waves. So there's the beginning of the year and I'm super motivated and I have all these ideas for new projects and um, fears maybe working with me, but on a different level, it's like questioning myself. Will I be able to finish the projects? Will I be able to um, um, make all this a reality? But my energy level is high and then the fear cannot really paralyze me so much. And then towards the middle of the year when I'm a little more tired, um, fear becomes more powerful or almost like an excuse. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. And uh, maybe the work isn't so good. And then towards the end of the year, all of a sudden with, with Christmas approaching and festivities, energy comes back and then um, it's not so hindering anymore. So that is something I have watched over the course of, of a few years where I'm like, there is a pattern. This, this is not happening only this year. This has happened like many years before. So, so what do you do in those, those months where you've recognized that, Hey, this is, this is a low energy. This is a hard time for me to push through my fear. Um, how do you get ahead of that? That's hard. That is really difficult. Um, sometimes I just fight it and then I come home and the work isn't good and I hate myself a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes when I'm really wise and I feel balanced, I can say to myself, well, that is the time where you need to take a break. And I recently um, read a quote, growth requires um, rest. And that really resonated with me because I feel like as artists, we often keep pushing ourselves and to, um, we keep pushing ourselves to discover boundaries and maybe even go beyond those boundaries to discover new work and, and um, find new inspiration. But we also get, need to give ourselves room to um, rest and to charge our batteries. Yeah. So work requires rest. What does rest look like for you? Um, not touching my camera. Yeah. And that is hard. That is really hard because um, the beach is so close to my house. So I go there basically every day. Um, Sometimes I take my husband with me or I take my kids with me. Um, and when I was new to photography, I would always have my camera on me 
Um, and that was a little disturbing for all of them. But now when I'm in this um, time where I realize, oh, I, I need um, time to charge my batteries, I leave my camera at home on purpose. Okay. So it's a conscious choice when I'm like, okay, I know I'm exhausted. I need time to just um, enjoy, not go to the beach and enjoy what is there. You know, really, really be present, really be in the moment instead of trying to produce something. Because when I try to produce something, I go there because I know it will inspire me, but I'm no longer really taking the, the original beauty in it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's almost like it needs to be there so I can transform it into something else. Hmm. Yeah, I want to... This reminds me of one of my mentors who talks about FOMO um, and instead of applying that to business or money or, or whatnot, apply that to all the other things in your life and think about, okay, if I'm, if I'm looking at the busyness in my life and all these things that feel important um, and I'm not spending time doing the things that are important to uh, are more important um, then I should have FOMO about that. Like I should be thinking, th you know, as I'm sitting here at my computer worrying about, you know, anything, mm -hmm. whether that's, that's that I need to adjust my photos because I haven't shared anything or because, um, you know, I've, I've got an investment that I need to pay attention to. Um, think about all the things that I'm choosing not to be. And it sounds like you're applying that to uh, something that's important to you, which of course, paying our bills is important. Um, but uh, it's in, in, and photography is important, but also your family and having time and being in the moment yourself without having to document it sounds like that's, that's a, you know, takes a higher value for you. Yeah. So I have thought about my relationship to plants recently. So if you look here at my surroundings, there's a lot of um, camera gear, obviously, but there are also plants. And that's another passion that I rediscovered when um, COVID started. So I was always into gardening when I was a child. I grew up um, in a very rural environment. Um, there were plants, was planting was always part, um, part of my life and childhood. But then when I had kids and we started traveling, I gave up on house plants because I didn't have the time anymore to be a good plant mother. And then COVID started and um, someone inspired me. I was like, yeah, um, I have plants in my house and love them so much. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I started reviving that hobby of mine and I really enjoy it. And I was wondering where, where's the connection? And I think it is watching plants grow, how you nurture them with water and with light. But in the end, you need to give them time to grow. So there's nothing else you can do. You cannot really stretch your plant. You cannot really um, like push it out of the soil. You need to wait. And I think that is um, there are a lot of parallels when we talk about art. You can create the environment. Um, you can allow as much freedom as possible, but you cannot really, there are no buttons. You, there, there is no formula. There is no way to, to um, force art or productivity hmm. so as much as you need the soil and the water and the sun you also need time and time to rest at times well that's that's profound i i love that i'm hmm. um yeah i i makes me wonder that the plant of your creativity and your photography is there a time when you've pushed through that fear 
uh, and you have pick, picked up your camera. Uh, and can you talk about what you were able to, to do because you cared enough to be anxious about it? Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if I have a good example. So basically what I see is I, I, I need the time to rest, yes, but I need to make sure that that doesn't get out of control because then it turns into um, losing the inspiration. So once I had that rest time, I, I make photography then almost like a workout for me again. I might not even be inspired, you know, but then I still pick up my camera and I still go to a place where I know something could happen. And I also know that I need to give myself time to produce the work that is not great. And that can be weeks, sometimes it's months, you know, where I come home and I look at my pictures and I'm like, there's nothing I can use. There's nothing I need. But when I look back over the course of the year, let's say the pictures that I took in 2020, I see it there. I needed to do that work that was mediocre to discover yeah. something, to get somewhere. And then eventually this piece that turns out and is amazing, that is just the result of the whole um, curve of the whole process. So that's why I think fear, it's important to understand that it, it, is, it exists and it will paralyze you, but also to, to um, use it as a motor or um, there's a word cathartic. Cathartic? Yeah. So when you um, allow yourself to go to a point and there's like a lot of pressure and then all of a sudden the explosion happens. So this is, how I also feel um, about fear. I, I hate that feeling, you know, I wish it wouldn't be there, but <laughs> I think I need it. I need it as like a little whip, you know, the constant, hey, go, 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 try, 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 try. And then eventually it happens and um, all coming together and it's fun. And yeah, I hate it and I love it. I think I have a hate love relationship with fear. That's it. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, speaking of that, you talk about your your family sometimes getting tired of you always having your camera. Mm -hmm. And yet I see just some amazing images, collaborative images with, that you've done with your daughter over the years. Um, it sounds like you've you've pushed through that with her in in times. Is there um, is there a, a particular image or breakthrough or moment that that you look back on and say okay that's when it kind of came together that uh you know she she was she was all there and it wasn't me being a pain as her mom there have been many all the images that i really love they were presents that she gave me you know yeah. where she was present where she allowed me in her world and where i was just a spy and um, again, going back to the story that I just mentioned, that you have to do your work and that you have to do work that you don't like, um, this could only happen because I had practiced before. And the moment she was there, she was open and she was willing to, to give me that gift of her presence and of allowing me to take an image that was like a glimpse into her soul. Um, that could only happen because I was prepared, because I had trained before and practiced over and over again and all these crappy pictures when like oh my god this is not what I was going for and <laughs> not what I had in mind and then um so all that came together um I feel like every good portrait as a photographer you have to thank your subject I mean you're there and you make it happen 
But without their willingness, this magic will not happen. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like that's twofold where you spent, um, you know, months, weeks, years, maybe just kind of slogging through saying, okay, well, these, these images are um, not necessarily what I'm after. And then when the moment was ready and when the connection was there with her, with other people, with the, the planet, with the ocean, with the beach, uh, you were ready. And those moments came. Connection is a big word. I feel that is the one thing that I really need to create my work. Hmm. So after dealing with the fear and overcoming that, the connection is like the next big thing. Is it the connection with the um, lens or is it the connection, the connection with your subject, your environment? Um, If I don't feel that connection, it's not happening. And I remember that I watched that when I started using the Omni filters. So I have been shooting with the Omni filters ever since I got the um, first filters. And that was, I think, two years ago. Okay. And I still have the pictures all in my catalog. And when I look at them, it's like, boy, what was I doing during the first year? I was just holding them, you know, randomly into any kind of picture and didn't really make any sense. But I needed that year to figure out how I can make them part of um, my art, how to use the light and um, how to hold them, how to feel these filters. So now I have the connection. I really have a connection with each of them. Um, and I know exactly what I, what I want when I, when I use them. Um, but without the connection, that wouldn't happen. And it didn't, like I said, an entire year. And in wow. the beginning, I didn't see it. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, those are good pictures. I never thought those are great pictures. <laughs> so so it, what kept you going? What kept you going for a whole year to figure out that, yes, there is a connection here? Um, curiosity. Because I had seen prison photography before. It was done with different prisons, and that mm-hmm. had intrigued me. So I really wanted to figure out how do you make that kind of art? Um, So that was one thing. And then also, if something doesn't work for me, that is a reason to keep pushing. It's really a reason where I feel like, oh, that door is closed. I don't want to go there. It's I'm a curious person and I really like adventures. So I think adventure, the the whole spirit of an adventure that keeps me going. So as soon as I really know what's going on it's like time to move on for me <laughs> well and i remember you you were one of the beta testers of the uh optic for the uh obscura mm-hmm. and you shoot on a crop sensor camera of fuji is that correct yeah and uh, so not fuji it was a canon but it was crop sensor it was uh, crop no, sensor. no it wasn't crop sensor that's junk too it was full frame but it was the 50 millimeter so it was 50 millimeters. So it was longer than, than you necessarily normally shoot with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was pinhole, a whole different kind of photography. And I just remember you coming back and um, talking about your frustration, but sharing these amazing images in mm-hmm. the, in the group of, of photographers, but you were so frustrated that, that it wasn't, you know, it took you so long to get to the point where, you got something that in our opinion was just mind blowing, um, but you were still in that learning phase. And so that was really poignant for me of saying, oh, wow, you, you are 
one, you're pretty hard on yourself because you weren't happy with as happy with these images as all of us were. <laughs> um, but two, you were still pushing yourself too, to, to say, okay, is this something that can work for me? And you weren't going to give up easily. That, that's pretty impressive. Thank you. Yeah, I remember that was really, it was a hard one. Um, but like you said, when um, I have very high, high standards, I really, I always say I don't have a vision when I photograph, but I think that's only partially true. Um, even though my pictures come from a certain state of mind, um, I know what a good picture makes. And if that doesn't come together in one picture, it doesn't work for me. So I rarely use Photoshop. I do adjust um, contrast and color and Lightroom, but my editing is uh, very basic. So I, I expect a lot from my camera and from my skills and from the locations. And if that doesn't come together, I'm frustrated. And I was frustrated with the Obscura in the beginning. Oh my goodness. I still remember using it the first time. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> But like well, that's I, a common. If you offer me a real adventure that gets me going, you know, it's like, okay, this thing isn't working for me, but it should be working. I mean, they invented it for a reason. And then I started diving into the history and I found that really interesting because it was a part of the photography history that I uh, wasn't familiar with. And um, that made me curious. It was like, oh, almost similar to what I had done with prison photography. With prison photography, it was already in my, on my mind. You know, it was like I had those images on my mind. But with the camera obscura, the product came first. And I was like, okay, what have other people done with it? And then I looked at these antique um, pictures. And I was like, oh, I was hooked. You know, I, I really liked the effect. But then for me, it's also important to make it mine. I don't want to just copy someone's work. I want to invent something in a way, mm -hmm. which might sound funny because with billions of pictures that have been developed, it's almost like impossible. But still, I feel you can have your own. Um, you can make it your own with your style. And um, even if it's not 100% new, you can still have, it's, it's almost like an accent, you know, you can have an accent in your photography and people can recognize that. And I wanted that with the camera obscura and it took me a long time, but I, I got there and then it was fun. And then it was um, very rewarding. So, so you, you talk about seeing other people's work that they've done something inspiring. You talk about going back to the history of these, these ancient images. Um, you know, I, I think, the very first pinhole was documented in like 200 uh, BC in China and that, that you could put a hole in a wall and on the opposing wall would be the upside down projection of what was on the other side of that wall. You know, I mean, that's, that's like the first sign, you know, use of a lens and it's not a lens. And so those were things that, that gave it credibility and made you, what I'm hearing is made you interested and, and willing to push through. Um, but what, what is it that, I mean, you, you've given lens baby gear, the learning curve that it takes and mastered it, probably everything you have to the point where you know where that fits in your vision of the world. Um, what makes you so tenacious to stick that, to stick with it through that, that learning curve? I think part of it is my upbringing. It's like yeah. a 
German thing, you know, that we um, get pushed really hard through our entire childhood to um, be better. It's the one thing that um, surprised me when I moved to America during my first few years, um, when I watched the kids at school, how they got for every result, uh, well done. And I was like, mind blowing for me. It's like, wow, that wasn't well done. That's not perfect. That was my attitude. But I also saw what it does to the kids and they felt so good. And they felt like that was well done. Okay. I might try even harder next time, you know? And I feel like in Germany, um, we believe in, if you praise too early, it will make you lazy. But I witnessed that's not the case. Um, So I think even though I have changed over the years in America, it's still in me that um, desire to prove that it can be done better and there is more to discover and um, not, yeah, never give up. I feel like that um, on the one hand, my German upbringing is coming through in that, but on the other hand, also my um, story of traveling and seeing all these things and um, being influenced by so many cultures. Yeah, well, I um, I commend you on your your tenacity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because the images that you do create are are very powerful, and and I love hearing about the process behind them, and and that you know it's not it you know they're bright and beautiful and colorful and full of joy, and your daughter's jumping in the air all the time, and and yet the process to get to that point of a finished product that you're, you're willing to share is, uh, is not necessarily a linear one. It's not just, I'm feeling better and better and better. I might, it sounds like you're going, going down into the dark night of the soul at times. And before you find that brightness. No, all the time. And, um, the reason I'm so honest here is because it meant a lot to me when I was, um, a younger photographer, a less experienced photographer to have these conversations with, um, more experienced photographers and to understand that they also have their dark moments and that my fear is not unique. Um, so I feel sharing my story, um, is hopefully helping someone else. And, um, when you say all these wonderful things about my photography, thank you. Um, it means a lot to me and it, it, no, I never feel like, um, I'm there, you know, I never feel like I'm this great photographer, no matter what I do next, it will be brilliant. This is not who I am and not how I feel. Um, I think every day is, is a new adventure. It's like, okay, is the voice, is the voice talking to me today? Is it there or is it not? And honestly, there are many days where it's not happening and I just learned to be okay with it. And that was yeah. a long process and it was at times frustrating and it was definitely not the process I was asking for. <laughs> yeah. I thought it is linear. You know, I thought you um, learn your technical side and then you um, get better gear and you get more known and by then you will be happier in your photography. And I think I can say I'm very happy in my photography, but I can't say it's easy. It's never easy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, Uta, for for letting us in on your process and see uh, the internal journey that you you're committed to and you're willing to go through in order to to do something that you're proud of, that you feel satisfaction in, and and that really expresses the way you see the world. Um, and you do see the world completely differently. There, there may be billions of images. 
but all of us see that world um, based on an infinite number of variables that each of us have gone through. And, uh, and that's what Lens Baby wants to allow people to express, because if everybody's shooting with the same gear at the same f-stop at the same, uh, you know, range of focal lengths, um, we end up without that diversity. And so uh, I, I really appreciate that that you've chosen Lens Baby, and I'm honored that you have. I have not only chosen you guys, I love you guys and love the products. And um, I love how um, each product allows me to express myself. Um, When I I also write often about Lens Baby products on my blog, I have often um, compared the lenses with certain brushes. You know, as a Mm -hmm. painter, you buy specialty brushes. Not every painter uses the same brush. Um, and I have tried different lenses and I have regular lenses and lens baby lenses, but I feel like lens baby lenses are my brush. You know, it's the, the brush that allows me to paint my best picture. Oh, that's, that's I profound. I love it. I mean, it's- all right, Uta, thanks so much for, for sitting down with me and, and having our virtual conversation and, and uh, sharing this with the lens baby community. You're, you're inspiring and, and I'm glad you're part of it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. I don't know about you, but next time I pick up a piece of gear and it's not working for me right out of the box, I'm going to be a little more tenacious after hearing Uta's stories of seeking connection with her gear and with her subjects and it taking forever. And when she finally made that connection... You need to go to Instagram, at California Lover is her Instagram handle, and that will show you a lot of the images that she is talking about here and that she was able to finally produce after pushing through just a ridiculous amount of time of it not working. That's super inspiring for me. Thanks for joining me for the Moving Through Fear podcast where we explore what it means to move through fear to discover extraordinary creative freedom.